and drum and bass music in general mm-hmm. has a- allowed me to enjoy that. It's fun. It's fast. All thanks to Buck Bumble. Honestly, yes. Honestly, <laughs> it is all thanks to Buck Bumble, which is a bizarre thing to say. Thanks, Buck. Thanks, Buck. I know this episode's going to come out at your regularly scheduled time, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. But me, oh my. It feels like we were just here, David. Yeah, this is a quick turnaround for us in the podcasting <laughs> world. I had to overnight a podcast. <laughs> are you going to edit this one today, too? God, that would be quite the marathon, wouldn't it? Uh, but maybe, yeah. Uh, I'm, I am going away uh, to a, a friend's wedding uh this thursday and i'm just like chop full of shit going on this week Mm -hmm. and uh had to had to put the 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 nos on on this podcast so a little maybe perhaps a little looser of a vibe perhaps like one fewer video games but here we are it's we're gonna hang the vibe is loose they are loose the loose the goose is loose and the loose is goose and the loose is goose here we are. Sunday pod. <laughs> yeah. Who who could have thought that this would happen? I know. It's interesting. The sun is up, which is like not a thing I'm used to while recording Chase's the skin looks gorgeous. He is glowing in the sun in the, yeah. in the sunlight. He, who needs a ring light when you have this natural lighting coming through your through your window? When you've got these red, red cheeks that I do. <laughs> Rosie red. Hey, I'm colorblind, so I can't see it. You just look oh you wow look gorgeous to me baby i wonder if that's why we've been friends so long you haven't been able to see my bright red cheeks all this time you haven't been able to see how disgusting i am <laughs> that was kind of the undercurrent there wasn't it? it's the only reason we're friends no it's not the only reason we're friends yeah the other reason is is video game podsmism the optimist <laughs> video game variety show the the with the oh god we're two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming i'm falling apart I don't know how to do it on a Sunday, man. The weekend pod is really confusing me. The the red cheeks are are slowing you down. Yeah, true. Need to discard them. Too much too much blood in those cheeks. <laughs> uh, my name is Chase. Hello, and my name is David. The red cheekless. A red cheekless. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about some video games. We got a few here lined up on the docket. Got some good ones. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> I forget how this whole show is done. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You're just, you're struggling so hard over there to keep the hype going. I'm rudder, rudderless. It's not even the hype. I don't know what direction I need to be facing. Like, where, where am I going? What do I normally say here? Do you, do you want to share what games you've been playing this week, Chase? Or do you want me to go first? I'm open to either. What's, what's, uh, what's your soul telling you? What's the song of your soul telling you? Let's, uh, let's get your rudder in the water. Let's get you going. Talk about the, tell me what you've been playing, baby. Oh, wow. That's nice. Also strangely on topic with a rudder, which I will get to in a moment here. Interesting. So just quick check in. I'm still just so involved with Resident (laughs) Evil 4 remake. You're going steady, huh? Yeah, man. The last time we talked, I was about halfway through the second run. I'm now towards the end of my second run of this game. And it's just, it's such a joy to play through. Nice. Uh, it's really, really good. I, I, I say this every time I've played one of these recent Resident Evil games, but they really do make it nice to replay these games over and over again. Um, something about the loop of like, yes, you've you've discovered all the secrets now, and it is now mostly an action game because 
it's not quite as frightening as it was the first time. Mm -hmm. But also you can unlock stuff if you want to, if you want to do it real fast. And we're also going to give you a grade. And uh, if you want to do it even faster, if you get a better grade, then we'll give you more stuff to make it easier to do a better grade. Just sort of like folds in on itself after Mm -hmm. a certain time. Um, which is really fun. Again, I'm I'm not a I'm not a speed running kind of guy, so like it's not I, I'm not like discovering glitches with sure. which to play the game faster. But it is really nice to be to challenge yourself in a certain way that like I don't really experience outside of you know like Forza or Dota or something like that, where the the joys of those game are experiencing your own like skill at the games, mm-hmm. and I guess like you know from soft games to a certain level too. Like the 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 fun of it is getting better and seeing that progress and then kind of like practicing it in a certain way. Sure. Of like when you win a race on a hard level that you couldn't have won before, it's like, wow, I, I feel good at this. I am good at this. And now it's just kind of like about practicing it. A similar sort of thing happens with these resident resident evil games where, um, you get better at them just by playing them and by playing them over and over again, then you also get better at them. And so it's this fun thing of, you know, after every chapter in the game, they'll give you a readout of like, here's how long this chapter took you. And if you're tracking it, you can say like, oh, wow, I improved my time by like five minutes Mm -hmm. at this part or something, or, you know, half an hour by skipping a a significant portion of it. Sure. There's that, uh, the fight sort of, I don't know, two thirds of the way through the game where you like go down into Ramon's sewer, I guess. (laughs) And there's like his like right hand man, the like terrifying creature that has like that long tail Oh, yeah. comes and tries to like hunt you down there. Oh, that part was brutal. So scary, mm-hmm. but uh, much easier on the second time because I had enough money for the rocket launcher, which apparently if you just shoot one at him, he dies and then the elevator immediately comes down. So mm. you like don't have to like run back and forth in that area trying to survive for nearly as much as he did. Yeah, I've heard there's all sorts of fun little things like that. Like I heard that in the yes. the very beginning of the game where you first enter the village, if you sh- if you shoot the bell that rings uh-huh. to yeah, make them all leave the after fight. like the, the time that he usually does it, then it'll yes. just all will go and you get to skip that whole exactly. entire first part. I did I did that the, for the, the second time and I was like, there's no way, this seems fake. And then sure enough, you can do it and just like, the fight ends in a minute rather than five or ten that mm. it normally takes. They put a lot of thought and care into that. Yes, there, there's a lot of stuff like that. And I'm, I'm seeing, I keep seeing it on Twitter. I saw Jacob Geller posted a video of him throwing an egg at Ramon. And he throws one egg to like disable him for a second. Uh-huh. And then he throws another golden egg, which immediately ends the fight. I have no idea why that works, but... Apparently, the golden eggs do like a shitload of damage to him. Oh my God. Is he allergic to eggs or like to gold? I maybe. I don't know. I think there's like some backstory with him like not like hiding the chickens in his castle or something like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I, I just saw the video. What? <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. But regardless, it's really great. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think most of my, my thoughts from last week are, are still apply here. I'm mostly curious about like what, what, what are they doing after this? Mm-hmm. Cause it seems like just the, the remake of this was such a culmination of so many different parts of that whole series that I'm very curious what, what happens after this. I heard some of the folks on the besties podcast talking about that. Like they're pretty confident that resident evil five will get remade. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's hard to imagine how to remake that game without just making a different game entirely. 
Maybe they maybe that's what they do. Maybe that's what they do. And I think that would probably be a wiser decision. And even Resident Evil 6, like it it's like that that game weirdly enough is kind of closer to these games, but there is just such a lack of like the Resident Evil special sauce on that one that like the scary, the spooks. I think so. It was, it was not nearly as scary and it just kind of felt like a different series in a way. It like I would say overall, it didn't feel like a bad game, but it sure didn't feel like a Resident Evil game. Mm. So I don't know. I, I I think there's so so much potential with this series and so many places that they that they could go. You know, like the, I, I think z- zombie movies and zombie like media has stayed kind of the test of time. There are just so many of them because I think a lot of the time the commentary is just like about society, right? Like most of the Romero films are or the Romero like Dawn of the Dead sort of stuff is so much about like America and capitalism and shit like that, and then just reflecting the times that are back on them. Mm-hmm. And so I think games probably do a similar thing so it's sure it makes sense that they're they're still there and i just feel like they're poised so well to do other stuff that they haven't in the past but or or, or at least like they're tackling in a different way but yeah i i just it's just so fucking good i think they're doing a great job over there what if they just say uh, we're not going to do five and six we're just taking the story in a completely different direction now with new games i like that seems appropriate to me I would be, it would be sort of, I don't know if it's a smart decision, but a decision to like, we're going to unify the lore in a certain way Mm -hmm. and sort of pretend that five and six weren't actually a thing. Retcon them from the canon. Yes, exactly. Because like the the story did get pretty bananas and shit like that mm-hmm. in in those games. So I could totally see them saying like, yeah, those those ones are not there. We're we're doing a different game now. Especially because like Chris is such a different dude by the time that like Resident Evil Biohazard and Resident Evil Village rolls around. Mm-hmm. That like I, I it would be hard for me to imagine squaring the circle of the guy in Resident Evil Five and then the guy in Resident Evil Seven. Um, they could do it for sure, but um, if if you know the content of Leon is anything to be believed, they could definitely make that work. But yeah, it's hard to imagine. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just very curious. I I bet we will get very little news about that for quite some time. Yeah, it seems like it's a, a deeper process that that one's going to need to yeah to redo it. They, they will probably have to like I don't know if they're going to have to go back to any sort of drawing board, but like it feels like they would have to reimagine quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would still use the same like engine that they're using because it still looks phenomenal. And I feel like you could so easily build off of that for something new rather than having to like totally go back to the drawing board like so many games do. Yeah, I think that's like their in-house engine. So I think they're sticking with that for quite some time. I hope so. Because I mean, yeah, it looks great. Like they, I think they use the same engine for Devil May Cry 5 and that game looks Mm. wildly good. Also good. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, if it's something that can be, I don't know if you can like easily upgrade graphics engines like that, but hopefully if they made yeah. it in-house, they know how to keep it going, making it staying on top of the the competition for a long time. Yeah. Wise. I, I hope so. It always like it, it bums me out sort of that the, the development cycle of games has become so lengthy. Mm. And I wonder how much of that is just like the engine development is so hard for so many of these games. Um, and especially because like, if you imagine the length of time that it takes to put any of this stuff out, it's like, you know, it's it's five to six years between release cycles. Mm-hmm. And by that point, your graphics are just so significantly outdated. Yeah. 
that or, or or any technology, right? Like ray tracing wouldn't be a thing if you were developing like, you know, seven years ago, if you're just running on like a normal computer. But now it's kind of like not expected, but I think there's an expectation yeah. for things to constantly be looking better. Yeah. I don't hold that expectation, but I do think it's like something that double A or triple A portions of the gaming industry sort of does mm-hmm. believe in. So, yeah, like uh, I feel like the the Elder Scrolls and Fallout and all that is kind of an example of like how tough it can be to just like put out video games. Yeah, I know that they've been working on their their quote unquote newer engine for Starfield um, that's coming out later in the year. And like, God, that's such a big bet (laughs) to uh, say, like, we're going to develop this whole system. Like, what if it doesn't work? Like, they put so much time into this game. They did put a lot of time into the game, but hopefully the, the engine itself works right yeah so at the very least yeah maybe get the elder really scroll six going at some point i'm gonna be 40 before that time com- before that game comes out i swear <laughs> to god i'm yeah i'm so sure that i will be playing that with my grandchildren or something like that like it's gonna be so long before we're playing it's or, just gonna uh, be it's uh, gonna elder be scroll. elder scroll six and half-life three come out on the same day <laughs> <laughs> and also my aarp card comes in the mail <laughs> the day after <laughs> so that's that's resident evil 4 it's great i'm loving it it's one of the better games I've played this year. And like that list of best of games is already quite large. There have already been so many good fucking video games this year. There's a lot more to come. Yeah. That I'm like frightened <laughs> of what the rest of the year looks like. The, the game of the year list is going to be challenging. Like I have legitimate gamer anxiety about all the games I want to play this year. And I just do <laughs> not have the time to play them all. Quit. I don't know. Quit your job. It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, fine. as far as things go, I think this is a, a really nice problem to have. There's too many good games yes. for me to play reasonably. Yeah. Um, the only other game that I wanted to talk about, and this is the one that I've playing, been playing the most of, is this game called Dredge, David. Oh, what's this? This is a horror game, a fishing horror game hmm. uh, that has come out on a bunch of different platforms, but I'm playing it on the Switch, developed by this company called Black Salt Games. And they put out this game uh, called Dredge, and in it you are this dude who uh, his like little fishing pontoon crashes near a lighthouse, and you wake up, and they're like, "Hey, we pulled you out of the water, man! Like, are you okay?" And uh, the mayor of this town of the the area that you land on uh, gives you a replacement little boat, and he's like, "Hey, um, you can have this. Like, it's important that you not just get totally screwed over by mm-hmm. crashing here. Uh, if you could just like." catch some fish and pay us back for it. That would be pretty cool. And he's like, you can just go fish over there. And the way the game plays out is that it's kind of like a pulled back view and you're just controlling this little boat and you can sort of see on the ocean and uh, the sort of sea that is around you, little areas of like disturbed water where fish might be. And so you go over there and then do like fishing mini game that is a nice change up. It is not like most other fishing mini games Uh a lot. Like you don't actually don't have to press buttons if you don't want to. You can just reel the fish in if you just let it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's like a little meter. Sometimes it's like going around in a circle. And if your meter is over like a little or a green portion of the bar Mm -hmm. of the circle. And if you press a button, you'll like reel them in faster. Sure. All things considered like pretty simple, but I I don't think the game demands it to be much more complex than that. It adds a little bit of complexity if you're catching like weird fish, but uh, it's like not horribly complicated, which is nice. Like I kind of prefer the fishing to be relaxing because the rest of the game is mostly spooky and terrifying. <laughs> Need some relaxation between the spooks. Exactly. The 
the twist of on, on the game is that at night or if you uh, or, or some other stuff later on, but mostly at night, you slowly gain a certain amount of madness just by like being on the ocean, on the sea. Mm, some insight, some eyes on the inside. Uh, y- yes. No. Yeah. Definitely some eyes on the inside. It's definitely getting to, to that like bloodborne lovecraftian mm-hmm. direction where you start to like hallucinate and see shit and sometimes those manifestations maybe become real and like will do damage to your hull or fuck you up in some way or something will crawl onto your boat and like infect the fish that you have Ooh. every now and then you'll catch like oh, a really fucked up fish <laughs> from from the deep that's from like deep. you'll catch th- <laughs> you'll catch three regular ones and then one that has like human teeth in it or something Which like is that like, well this this one came from a different dimension i also yes, hate no, that's... i also hate the phrase something crawling onto my boat <laughs> yes i really dislike that phrase i just wanted to go <laughs> back to that for a second that that just makes my skin crawl <laughs> i i think the game does a lot of that really well where the verbiage and the imagery that it's using is mostly there to unsettle you because like they're, they're doing a lot of like this combination of salty and sweet where Mm. the actual game mechanics are not that stressful. Like the, the game, the game loop of go catch some fish, come back, sell your fish, upgrade your boat. Uh, so you can go faster or carry more stuff or have better fishing rods. Mm -hmm. That's all pretty like nice and comforting, but mixed with the terror of like a a ghost boat showing up on the ocean or like something way underwater, Mm. suddenly having eyes that are looking up at you or something Mm. like that. Like spooky, spooky stuff going on. It's really fun. I, I feel like it's, it's rare that I see games that are doing or horror games specifically that aren't just trying to make you scared. Like a, weirdly enough, I think Resident Evil is a good example of this because it is a horror game, but at the same time, it is also uh, like a pretty fun shooter, mm-hmm. which is pretty different than what horror games oftentimes are asking you to do. Yeah. Or like the the most disempowering horror games oftentimes don't give you that sort of like power leverage that Resident Evil 4 does. Whereas in, Dre- in Dredge, it's a lot of like, we, we have made this very nice. And in another world, if you skinned it differently, could be just a comforting fishing game. But mm-hmm. because there's the the hint of things that are fucked up all the time. It's uh, another thing entirely. I have read some people's review of this and from what I've heard, it can lose a little bit of steam towards the end of this game. Uh And I think that's just kind of inherent to a lot of horror games that uh, the longer you go on, the more you run the risk of just the, the people who are playing it, seeing the, the orchestration of all the the scary stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a little bit more predictable, predictable and a little bit more or a little less scary. And so like, I, I understand that that's a thing, but I, I, I haven't hit that point yet personally. Um, I'm still having a great time and like haven't been to all of the locations that are in this game. And I'm still finding it pretty, pretty scary. Like I, I guess to explain a little bit more, the game has like a day night cycle mm-hmm. and you progress time just by like doing any action. Like if you're just sitting still, time is also still. But if you move or fish or anything like that, time progresses. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't judge it correctly and you're like suddenly stuck out in the ocean at like a really late portion of the game or or the, a late part of day, it's it's scary. It's really, really frightening of like, how am I going to get back in time without losing my mind? Sure. Like that. Quite literally lose your mind. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think like that's it's such a fun mechanic, the sanity meter, mm-hmm. similar to uh, uh, what was the game we played earlier? Eternal Darkness. Yes. But yeah, it, Eternal Darkness was the one with the sanity meter. And I, I think that's like 
such a good way to turn going like Lovecraftian insane Mm -hmm. into a mechanic of like just being here is hard for your mind to to comprehend, you know, like if just by existing in this place, it is kind of fucking you up in a certain way. And like seeing that happen to all these other characters in the game too is really great. Like you get to see people who have lived there for a while who either are or aren't coping with it in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Or if you, you know, you ask somebody else like, Hey, uh, have you ever seen some wild shit out on the ocean? And you know, some people will be like, Oh yeah, I heard about this one thing this one time. Or somebody will be like, yeah, but they're just hallucinations. That's all they are. Can't believe your mind. <laughs> like that sort of stuff where it's it's nice to see these all, all these people grappling with just the, the deal with mere it. yeah the mere challenge of living here mm. which is great I, I think that like a game being scary oftentimes relies on you the player being scared which i know seems simple but like it's kind of nice to have that built into a, into the mechanic of the 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 actual like in-game character too mm-hmm. especially because like they don't really have to show you a lot very often just by like hinting at something terrifying under the water it's already scary for the player you know yeah the unknown's always terrifying yes yeah it, it's it's just really good I'm, re- I'm really enjoying that part of it yeah i i think overall just like i found this a very novel game i don't know of a lot of other games like this mm-hmm. it is a, i know if anybody's been listening for a while they might be thinking about the game mysteries under lake ophelia is mm-hmm. the game i'm thinking of um that was a, a bryce butcher game and a it, it, you could think of them kind of similarly but i think this game is doing a lot of different stuff than that one was it's it's a lot more of a high fi experience rather than the low fi experience of mysteries under lake ophelia mm-hmm. and i think lake ophelia is doing a lot of stuff with like building tension over the course of the whole game and then it gives you sort of one big terrifying moment whereas i think this game is much more interested in like making it a little bit more mechanical the way that you're experiencing the slow drive to insanity that happens in this game mm-hmm. and so it's i, I don't no, I, I just I I think it's really good. It's really fun. A good a good indie game. Good, I'm enjoying. Game. Oh yeah, I'll I'll check back in once I beat it, which I'm sure I will. Sounds pretty soon. I feel like I've put a put a lot of time into it, so I I, I think I'm getting closer. Mm-hmm. I don't know this for sure, but the game keeps suggesting to me like hey, you should audit your actions in this game. Like, think about what you're doing. Mm. Because the game gives you a lot of different side quests and a lot of different quests in general. Yeah. And I think that, like, there, there's one of them that I think is kind of the prototypical main quest. But it, like, just now struck me that I'm like, do I have to be doing this? Do Like, it, the, all the stuff that I'm doing feels kind of weird. And I don't know if it's for a good reason or not. So, mm. like, at, at this point, I'm kind of taking a step back and being like, let me just, like, check out some of these side quests because the uh the woman in the lighthouse seems to think that maybe i'm not doing the greatest thing here hmm. so, is fishing yeah. bad it's, is this like an eco game i think it's more of like are you accidentally going to raise cthulhu if you don't <laughs> you know be careful with what you're doing one of these days that fish with people teeth is just going to be a cthulhu coming for you yeah he's going to start talking to you in in human english oh god Hate it. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, what 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 games are you playing, David? I have been playing some ge- some games, some video games uh-huh. as we call them. Yeah, yeah, video games. Video games. I know him. <laughs> video games. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I've been yeah. I've still been playing Super Mario Land Six Golden Coins. Nice. I'm glad you didn't drop this one. I'm glad it kind of stuck with you a little bit. I just go to a different level and I go like, I remember this hippo. Let's go see what's up with this hippo. Or I remember this yes. star in this moon. Let's go see what's up. Yeah, it's a, it's it's honestly pretty fun. Still, I was curious to see how well this was going to 
to age and i think it ages mm-hmm. favorably it gives a different experience than a lot of other mario games do even like the side scroller ones because there is just a a variety to the side scrolling levels that i don't think a lot of other mario games have at least not nowadays and i do <laughs> and honestly like the the space level that i just played it feels like a precursor mm-hmm. to flappy bird in a way <laughs> really uh yeah because it's oh. like it's it's the the physics in space are work the same way that they do in water except you yeah. sink a lot faster you don't float as much so you really go down quick and there's this part of it where you have to navigate through all these stars and if you hit them you die and they're like moving Mm -hmm. up and down you have to go like you have to make sure you're going through the right gaps in the stars throughout it yeah this is this is flappy bird maybe that's i was thinking like maybe that's why i enjoyed flappy bird when it came out it reminded (laughs) me of this game yeah and the bosses are interesting they're silly they're they're simple but they're not they don't feel like a cakewalk you, you do have to try a little bit they're just they're yeah. just challenging enough to feel like okay yeah this is the boss to this level and i deserve this golden coin now to open up the door to Bowser's <laughs> castle mm-hmm. so i'm yeah I'm, I'm curious to see if there are levels that i didn't get to as a kid because i cannot remember yeah everything about this game that's for sure i'm sure mm-hmm. that as a child there was a point where you know i just kind of hit a wall right yeah and maybe just yeah went back and replayed my favorite levels repeatedly Mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 fun it's 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 a different feel of a mario game maybe it's just like more old school than i'm used to at this point but it's fun i'm really i'm really enjoying it i i just listened to uh into the aethers uh discussion about the mario all-stars game Mm -hmm. and uh which which anybody listening to this should listen to the to that if they don't already i presume there's a pretty significant crossover the audience there Mm -hmm. but they were talking about how hard it is to talk about a mario game it's like trying to describe the wind or something (laughs) like that it's (laughs) what am i supposed to say about it's mario you know mario yeah he's everyone's friend <laughs> he is everybody's friend. I I forgot that I booted this game up the other day because I was like, I also want to see mm-hmm. um, what this is like, and it it feels good. I like the like game feel that they've got in this one. Yeah, I feel like Mario really has some traction in this game that he usually doesn't. He does. You can really he stops on a dime in this game. You can yeah. like, you can do like some dash dancing almost with uh with Mario yeah. in this one, just <laughs> back and forth. It's pretty funny. It's cool. I feel like they Nintendo are just so good at making a jump feel good, which is like I yeah. I have made games before. It's not easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty tough to make a jump consistently feel good. Yeah. And even with so little animation that they've got on there, like Mario isn't doing a, like a lot of animation to communicate to you what or where he's going. Mm-hmm. But God, they just they nail it every fucking time. They do. It still feels good. And that's pretty much the basis of the whole game. It's just it's just jumping, jumping and stomping things. <laughs> he's jumping. And it's yeah. entertaining. I do like the bunny ears uh, power up in this one where you can just essentially glide for a long period of time. Yeah. So if yeah. you're in a sticky situation, you can get out of it pretty well. So I do enjoy that about this game. And I also enjoy that they kept just the green hue of the Game Boy mm-hmm. intact on the Switch. It's just, it's very, <laughs> it's just nostalgic. It really is. So yeah, I'm really enjoying that game. Hell yeah. I also, speaking of nostalgia, booted up WarioWare Incorporated. Oh, wow. On what? On the, the GBA one, the GBA emulator oh, wow. for Switch. I totally forgot that that was on there. It's on there. I, I, I didn't realize it either. And I thought I went and looked at all yeah. the games. I was like, okay, I'll play some of these. But for some reason, my eyes just completely glossed over WarioWare sitting right there. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it is just the perfect game to turn on if you just have <laughs> five minutes before bed just just put on some WarioWare and just do a run it's great it's so good it's so good so good still everything feels right everything feels good 
I f- really feel like Jimmy needs to be a bigger character in the Mario universe. <laughs> I love Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy's so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope he has a cameo in the Mario movie. Oh my God. What a pull that would be. He'd probably be like in the background or something. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be a main focal point, but he'd be for yeah. all the, the real Mario heads wouldn't recognize Jimmy in the background. <laughs> the, yeah, warrior enjoyers out there. <laughs> if you, if you haven't played this game, it's just a bunch of mini games mm-hmm. and you, they get progressively more intense and fast paced the, the more that you beat. Yeah. And it's great. It's great fun. I feel like it is like so, such a pure form of video games, like just distilled down to its essence. Yes, absolutely. You barely need to have the like meta game around it for it to be enjoyable, you know, Mm -hmm. like and there's very little of it other than just like we're going to give you a bunch of mini games one right after the other. Yeah. Here's your prompt. You use the button, the one button and then the 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 D-pad and that's it figure it out i'm like i'm surprised that i don't see more games like this constantly you know like mm-hmm. it we we have seen the just speaking on mario we saw so many platformers for ages and ages and ages that were like yeah we've played mario and it felt good so we're gonna do our own game mm-hmm. why aren't people doing warrior games my theory is that it's just harder than it seems to make a good mini game <laughs> And to be able to make like a yeah, hundred of them yeah, yeah, that yeah. are like instantly recognize what you have to do off of like a one word prompt and then yeah. complete it accurately. So where it doesn't feel like you're getting cheated or it's too yeah, difficult, yeah. I think is, I think is probably really hard. Yeah. It would be a challenge in design to just like get <laughs> enough of those clear. Cause you're right. Yeah. You've got maybe one second before the game starts mm-hmm. to read the like two or three words that come up on the screen. Yeah. And then you have to figure out, like, what am I doing right now? Catch, dodge, yes. jump. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just so, it's so basic and simple. But that's, I think, the beauty of it is it's so simple, yeah. but so understandable immediately that you're just flowing mm-hmm. from the beginning. It, I, I think there was a, there was a game Spookware that came out a couple of years ago, which I really enjoyed. Spookware. That was clear. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Uh, clearly trying to be like, Hey, us too. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like shocked that that's, that's the only one really other than the other WarioWare games, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's like a shadow of the Colossus thing that no one wants to come at the King. That's true. Cause like it, I, God, it's a good example. I, I, I see all the games that have come out after like vampire survivors that are like, Hey, us too. We're trying to do a vampire survivors thing now mm-hmm. too. And maybe, you know, it totally could be just like those games aren't as popular as they they were, but I can imagine if WarioWare dropped t- today for the first time and it was as much of a hit as it was then that it is, or that it would be now that like, there would be so many clones of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on, come on, y'all. It's a good game. It's a good game. Make it's it a work. a good game. Let them cook. Maybe I'll make this. Maybe I'll make this game. I mean, you have the ability. Yes. And I feel like this, uh, uh, among the games that are possible for me to build, this one feels a little bit more possible. Very mm-hmm. few points of interaction kind of just some basic shit like the the graphics and or not the graphics even but like the illustration in WarioWare a lot of the times is very simple oh yeah it's very straightforward yeah compared to like how do I make a Star Fox game that's good <laughs> that's gonna be pretty tough yeah what else have you been playing <laughs> like let's move on <laughs> I have also been playing soccer story still yeah how's it how's it progressing for you it has been progressing in a strange way okay this game is fun. I like a lot of things about it, but uh-huh. it feels like it wants to be kind of two games huh, because okay. there is the very kind of laid back, easygoing, overworld part of the game. 
and then there is mm-hmm. just the fucking the doom gent music kicks in during the actual soccer matches and it's just a yeah. shocking difference between those two things especially with like the level of difficulty uh, some of these yeah. soccer matches are quite difficult <laughs> <laughs> yeah you said you got your ass kicked by the like toddlers fc toddlers or fc uh, ate my lunch as as people say nowadays <laughs> so it's yeah it's it's interesting and now i've got i'm getting closer to the end game i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna have the willpower to do this all the way to the end <laughs> because now the overworld aspect of the game which has been more just like aim and shoot the ball and hit something has had a definite difficulty spike in this area and so now i'm having to hit multiple parts on a moving target and i'm like trying to aim delicately with the right stick on this targeted shot and it's moving and i it's hard to gauge where it's going to land because it's like this isometric view which is not the best way to be able to understand the trajectory of an object in a game especially one that has an arc to it such as a soccer ball yeah like an arrow sure that's fine you can you can make that work a little bit better um but i I just feel like the controls are getting i'm feeling the limitations of the controls with what it's asking me to do at this point yeah and it's making some of these smaller side not not even side quests but just like smaller quests to progress the story really just Mm -hmm. frustrating so we'll see we'll see if i'll if i'm if i'm motivated to get good for this game but i'm (laughs) currently playing dark souls as well and this has again kind of been my escape from that uh so i don't know if i'm gonna have the willpower to get good at soccer story but i have enjoyed it quite a bit yeah cool that's I, I, I've definitely been meaning to check this one out since you were talking about it last. I, I don't know how that new information factors into it, but it gets really <laughs> tough. I would like to see, I mean, I'm pretty far into the game. I'm probably like, I think I'm in like the last area because mm-hmm. you have to beat three cups and I've beaten yeah. two to get to the mm-hmm. end of the, to get to the last cup of the game. Yeah. Um, so you are getting there. Yeah. I am getting there. It's just, there's this, I'm at this, this little mission where you have to hit all these targets off of this target dummy and he's rotating mm-hmm. and then you have a time limit of a minute. And so if you have like 10 seconds left and the the heart that you have to hit is just rotating on the mm-hmm. wrong side, you then lose like <laughs> seven or eight seconds. And it oh takes a couple God, seconds yeah. for the ball to ro- to go through the air to hit it. So oh, unless yeah, you yeah, do yeah. this like perfectly right off the bat yeah you're kind of you're kind of toast screwed it's really it's really hard it's really hard this little (laughs) mission i don't know if they intended it for to be this difficult but it's really difficult for me at least totally yeah and not to mention that there's little guys who are running around in the the area where you're kicking from who if they hit you Mm -hmm. will stun you and then you won't be able to shoot oh my god so yeah it's it's there's like so hard i think there's like six targets that you have to hit off of this thing that you're hitting at and then it exposes the heart and then you have to hit that all while it's rotating around on itself and then moving back and forth at the same time jesus yeah it's 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 tough it's real tough yeah so i'll keep you updated on that but you know i do i do really enjoy the game but it just has these weird difficulty spikes that seem Mm -hmm. it, it can it's it seems out of place sometimes because the game is feels like it's trying to have this very laid back of and like mm-hmm. just off the music it's just very minimalist easygoing like lo-fi acoustic essentially <laughs> and then you have these moments of just insanity of yeah of skill checks yeah shocking difficulty yeah there's there is a definite disconnect there for me yeah. with this game i think that it would be 
I think if it had chosen firmly one of those two areas, or if it just mm-hmm. like left the craziness for just the games, like yeah, like the actual soccer matches and the cups, that yeah. felt fair to me. It's like okay, this is a different portion of the game. This is something completely different than what I'm doing in the overworld. Yeah, but now it's kind of creeping over into the overworld as well. I'm just like okay, now this is this is getting <laughs> a little much, a little mm-hmm. much for something that I'm trying to use to more unwind as opposed to, like I said, have skill checks. It's another good argument for accessibility in games. Like if you, it it sounds like you want to progress and you want to see the rest of this game, but there are like certain skill checks that feel like onerous at a certain point. Yeah. I'm curious. There is a difficulty slider, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if that pertains to the, if it's just to the soccer matches or if it's to Mm -hmm. the things in the overworld too. So I'm going to mess around with that. And yeah. see if that changes anything. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds harder than Dark Souls, to be honest. It's it's strange because also like you, to do like the the targeted skill shots, mm-hmm. you use the right stick and you have to hold the right stick in a direction. Mm-hmm. You can't just like tap it and then relax your thumb. You have to hold in that direction. But then yeah. to also change how much force you're putting behind your kick. You have to mm-hmm. to press R3. So I'm like holding oh, it in one God. direction and then I'm pressing <laughs> down on that button, which is just not a yeah. good, like I don't have a lot of mechanical advantage to actually just do that comfortably and effectively. Yeah. 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 It's, it's strange. You need the, uh, the like Xbox elite controller or whatever to remap R3 to one of the paddles or I something. That's so that's what you I'm going to have to do because <laughs> I have that bad boy. It might help honestly, because I think you can remap most of the stuff on the Xbox controller. You sure can. Got to use my, I got to utilize my utilities. You're going to go pro at, at soccer story after this. Like you've created like the perfect control. Layout. I'm going to come back to the pod next week. Just wearing a full on soccer kit. Like, yeah, I'm actually I pro, pro now. You're using like the bumper jumper control scheme from Halo. <laughs> that's, that's what the pro strat. We call this one the David dumper. The David dumper. Yeah. Just dumping those soccer balls into the goal. Huh? <laughs> D's dump. That sounds like a towing company or a like trash company. <laughs> Anyways, I've also yeah. the, 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 the game I'm playing, playing the most yeah. is yeah. Dark Souls Remastered, which has been kicking my butt. Yeah. What 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 bars what bars? What boss are you on at this point? I'm on like I'm on three different bosses right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um I'm trying to poke to see which one is the weakest for me to harvest their souls, their tasty tasty mm-hmm. souls from. So I'm on the Gravelord, Needho. Yep. The four yeah. kings. Or, uh-huh. And then the fire sage demon. I feel like the the three kings or four kings, whatever that one is, I think that was the last, one of the last ones I fought. They're tough. It just keeps spawning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't feel like I'm doing enough damage with my weapon. So mm-hmm. I went back and I, I started just, I started grinding, baby. I was a grinder yeah. all day. Got to get your grind on, yeah. Got to get, gotta get my grind on. And I made Ornstein's spear, his little mm-hmm. lightning spear. So I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. But it does less damage than my other spear that I was already using. And I'm very confused by this. <laughs> it may be doing like magic damage against people who have like magic re- resistances or some shit. I think it's that the one that I'd been using doesn't scale with anything. It's just mm. its stats are its stats. Whereas yeah. Ornstein's yeah. spear will scale with strength dexterity and faith yeah so i think it just has like a higher ceiling i guess you could say (laughs) maybe yeah but still a little frustrating that i spent that much time and resources on a weapon that's like wasn't an immediate upgrade over what i had been using previously it's like anti-dark souls to do this but i would love to see like could i just see how much damage i would be doing if i like put all of this 
like all my souls into one thing and then upgraded this thing to its max level. Like, let me just see. Cause yeah, I've had that same experience before in other souls games where I'm like, Oh hell yeah. I'm going to upgrade this whole thing. And it's going to be awesome. Then I go back and I'm like, that's not better than what I was using before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, this is actually maybe even worse than what I was using. (laughs) But I will say that his spear has quite the reach, much better reach than the one I'd been using. So I'm poking mm-hmm. dudes from way far away. It's great. That's cool. Uh, but it's still it's still a very fun game. Yeah. Just the base gameplay loop is very enjoyable. And I think, Chase, that this will bring me to my optimistic thing of the Ooh, week. Ooh, yeah. Which is grinding. Grinding. Have you done grinding before? I don't remember if you have. Have I done grinding? Yeah, as a optimistic thing. I feel like one of us did. It may have been me. I think honest. it was you. But yeah. I'm 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 on the grind wagon today. Yeah, tell me about your rise and grind set. <laughs> rise and grind set. I I think that grinding is a good place to practice podtimism. Yeah. Because it can be one of the most tedious and boring things you can do in a game. Yeah. Or totally. if you get into a nice little flow state and just put on a podcast to listen to mm-hmm. while you're doing it, it mm-hmm. can also be mm-hmm. quite an enjoyable experience as well. Yes. Um, because once you get like your little route down and just how to kill each <laughs> enemy m- the most efficient and effective way possible, mm-hmm. you're just flowing, baby. And before you know, yeah. you've got like 80,000 souls after like 10 or 15 minutes. So you can, you can really get into a good headspace when you are, yeah. when you are soul grinding or just grinding in any sort of game, you know, just going out into the woods and farming some, I don't know, rabbits or whatever you do. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Wasn't that, it? wasn't that it? Yeah. Fighting boars or whatever. Boars. So yeah, I, I do, I do appreciate a good grind every now and then. I just don't want a whole game of grinding. Mm-hmm. Right. But a good, a good grind sesh is always a fun time. <laughs> I'm with you. I uh, I definitely like grinding in the Souls games. I think Pokemon has a great grind sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you need to like just get a little bit stronger before a gym, I'm like weirdly kind of a big fan of that. Cue the montage. There's definitely a, yeah. No, yeah. I, I have no problem with like, let me just go like play this game for a little while. Go enjoy the loop. Especially if that loop is enjoyable like it is in the Souls games. Mm-hmm. Like grinding doesn't always feel terrible because you're still kind of like engaging with the game rather than just like slamming a over and over and over again yeah yeah it's not like you're just trying to get through text boxes sometimes like it is with a final fantasy game when you're grinding right yes. it's just like okay no, yeah. do it, no, do it, just do it do it do it or a pokemon game right yeah i know it's super effective yes let's go whenever i've been playing games on the steam deck and rpg specifically i always if i can tie a like fast forward button to one of the paddles on the steam deck mm, sure because like after it, after I played the Final Fantasy VII just re-release that they put out on Switch, it had a fast forward button on it, and like I became infected by that that mm-hmm. uh, uh, ability to do that in a in a a turn based game like that. Because so often the decisions you are making are not complicated; it's the same fight that you've done over and over and over yeah. again. And like it's so nice to just be able to kind of breeze through that stuff. Mm-hmm. To the point where like it's it's hard for me to play games that are slow like that anymore. Like just a, a base level slow Pokemon is kind of tough. I'm like, can I get just like a two or three times speed up real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Just I, I remember playing what was it? Fire Red emulator on my laptop in college and just yeah. having spacebar be the <laughs> the overclock. The fast forward button. Fast yeah. forward button. Yeah. And that was so good. So nice. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. huge. I think every one of those Pokemon ROM hacks that I played recently had the ability to speed up, or at least I was using it mm-hmm. through uh, RetroArch. And man, it's just, it's so nice. It's great. It's so helpful. It's great. Yeah. Talked about it last week, a good speed upgrade. 
doesn't have to yeah, be just true. from the game could be from the from the from the hardware as well yeah for me yeah for me upgrading it uh sweet nice anyways chase do you have something fueling your sense of optimism this week uh-huh um it's a video game easter egg or a secret Ooh. there's a lot of like weird secrets in resident evil 4 Mm-hmm. And I really, I really love seeing and watching other people discover them too. The, the bell thing, the weird egg, <laughs> like mm-hmm. bite that you can do against Ramon, even like the name of the achievements are pretty good in this game. They, they have scaled back some of the more ridiculous shit, but one of the bosses, I think it is Ramon. Um, if, when you beat him, a achievement pops up that says, no, thanks, bro. Which is what Leon said in the base game. Mm. Uh, to Ramon at some point that like you probably couldn't keep that in there in this game without him feeling just like a full-blown cartoon character but it's hilarious to put it in there as an achievement or uh they kept the the situation where if you shot at the lake with a gun over and over again uh the lake monster just comes over and eats you yeah without you can't fight him he just chomps on you great it's really good stuff and like i i I love it when it is it is intentional like that where the game has like expected you to do that Mm -hmm. or expected you to try something bizarre and they've left something for you there reminds me of the like just how fun it can be in like breath of the wild to just like look under every rock and every time there's something there it's like hey you got a korok seed i was about to say usually a korok seed (laughs) Usually a Koroxy, but like that feels good Mm -hmm. because, you know, you can upgrade your inventory. That's great stuff. So it's, it's nice for the game to be like, yeah, we like, I see you. That's cool. It's great. I I always love that stuff. Agreed. So good. Hey, David. Yes. Do you want to move on to our main thing? Let's do it. Call. All right. See you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Good Games. It's a segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear and gush hold the things that we love about them. We got another video game, everybody. That we love about them. That we love about them. We got a game, and this one was referred to us by TK. Thank you, TK. He had suggested that we play this game called Kinetica. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you familiar with this one before, David? I had heard of it. I had never played it when I was younger. I think I got this and like extreme G3 racing and amplitude sort of confused. All of those games. Fair enough. <laughs> Pretty similar vibes. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I had played this one either. It was, it was a surprise to me. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I didn't know really anyone who played this game growing up. So I, it was, I was excited to go and see what was up with Kinetica because I definitely played a lot of extreme G3 uh, as, yeah. a, as a kid. And I really enjoyed that game. So I was wondering if this was going to give me the same kind of thrills that that one does. The high speed thrills. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Which we're going to hear about in just a moment. But before we do, can I hit you with some hot stats about this game, David? Yes, please. Hot stats. Hot stats. Uh, so Kinetica came out October 16th of 2001. Uh, so like within the launch year of the PlayStation 2 launching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't the like very first year, but uh, pretty shortly after that. And shocking, the developer of this game. Um, yeah. I right? didn't know that they made this, but it's Sony Santa Monica, who is, if you look at their, like the games that they've made, it's this and then God of War. And that's it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there are no other like, oh, let's try this. Let's go over here in this direction. It is only this and God of War, like all of the God of Wars, not, not at just one of them. Mm hmm. 
just bananas. Like I can't imagine a, a more different kind of game to to uh, go on to develop. But like, wow, they only needed one before they really got a hit. I mean, they got the they got the sexiness down. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, man, this game is pretty horny, which like should probably put that at the front. Like if you've seen any sort of imagery from it, it's like pretty much everybody's in I like a bathing suit or underwear at the very least. Yeah. Or at least the women are. The guys are wearing full-blown, like, clothes, but they're skin-tight clothes. They're they're usually showing some abs, which I at least appreciate that they're given a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's like horny in the way that like the early 2000s games were were like that, where like it is not necessarily the Hades kind of horny where it's mm-hmm. like this is fun and a part of the characters. It's just like, no, like we this is the design that we went with and it's for oogling. I think there's a difference between like actually horny and then how horny is done on the internet nowadays where it's just like oh everyone's just like very good looking yes yeah yeah no the characters are not like yes it's not a a responsible understanding of sexuality it's just like here is a booba yes here is a booba here is a booba. it's kind of a lot but uh we'll we'll, we'll get there we'll get there yeah um i do i do want to mention before that that i do have a review of kinetica by psx extreme they, uh, they reviewed Kinetica back in 2001, and uh, I've read it through Google Translate a number of times. This one was originally in English, so I, th- I think, I, I assume some of the, the jeu video spice that we get may not be on this one, but uh, I, I feel like I've mangled it properly here. I, I've taken the review of running through Google Translate one language into the other, but eventually arriving back in English to, to give an, art, an artist interpretation of what they thought about this game. Mm-hmm. So I'll, uh, I'll read that for you now. After all, Kinetics is a great game for many people after spending a lot of time playing gaming. Prices are low, but this stunning sci-fi graphics are worthy of a good time. This action is fast-paced, and the game can be a lot of fun if you time it right. A song inspired by intense techno pulse. If you're looking for futuristic arcade games, look no further than Kinetics. Sony's tagline, change content, now makes no sense. And uh, they they gave that one a 7.9 out of 10. (laughs) Just a shot at Sony at the end. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you guys. I don't like your weird change content (laughs) tagline, (laughs) which everybody's familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, they seem to like it, but not not a perfect score by any measure. Mm-hmm. Um, could you could you uh, tell me what Kinetica is, David? Kinetica is a. I mean, back in the day, this was the big genre, apparently, which was sexy motorcycle futuristic. Uh, combat racing yeah um and that's pretty much what this game is you are you're racing around futuristic tracks as Mm -hmm. motorcycle people essentially or people with motorcycle parts on their bodies yeah on their arms and legs on their arms and legs they have wheels so they just make themselves into the frame of the motorcycle so they are obviously exceptionally fit people because the core strength you need to do that is <laughs> outrageous. outrageous. Let alone the fact that they are going at terminal velocity, I think it says on uh, <laughs> on the website, like 350 miles an hour, like going upside down and, and attaching to walls and stuff. So the fact mm-hmm. that these people are not tearing apart while they're doing this is fascinating, truly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all it is. It is a racing game. Motorcycle, yeah. futuristic combat racing game. Um, yeah, no, you got it. What did you what did you think about this one? I liked the concept of the game. I thought that the 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 people being the actual vehicles was fun. <laughs> Pretty incredible, yeah. I don't know how much it adds to the game beyond just a vibe and an aesthetic. Yes. Uh, yeah. but 
I mean, so it does get you interested when you see this on the box cover of like, oh, what the heck is going on here? Are they going to do something different with this? Is what's going to, yeah. how is this going to affect things? So it does make, like I, in my mind, I really compared this to Extreme, Extreme G3 because they came out around mm-hmm. roughly around the same time and are roughly a very similar type of game. Whereas Extreme, Extreme G3, I can't say that right now. Extreme G3 <laughs> is very much, you are going straight as fast as possible and you're like banking to turn this yeah. is you're doing more slides you're doing more drifting it's more of a mixture of like yeah. that and mario kart mm-hmm. maybe not as precise with the cornering as mario kart does but you can like yeah. you can boost out of a turn right uh they have yeah. like the the little crystals that you pick up to get different items to to attack mm-hmm. your opponents with or give yourself a good boost or whatnot so i did enjoy that it kind of found this interesting middle ground between like a very fast type of racer and then mm-hmm. you can really kind of feel the change when you're doing a sharp turn because since you are a human, you can really change where you are putting <laughs> your wheels at any given time yeah. without busting in half, amazingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I agree that like the concept of it is is pretty fun. I feel like you saw a lot of that in, in like sort of the early 2000s of just like, we're going to make a weird sport. It's going to be a weird one. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was like futuristic sports are going to look so different than these normal sports that we've got now. Like the concept being, like you said, like we're going to put wheels on your arms and legs and you're the motorcycle now, dude. <laughs> uh, that's that's bananas. It's an unhinged thing to make. Yeah. Who, need, who needs an engine when we have the human body? <laughs> Do you remember that movie Rollerball from like the from like 2002? I remember the name but i did not see that movie i don't think (laughs) there's like a similar kind of vibe of like just a weird sport from the future god the cast of it is really bizarre uh fucking jean renault is in it also jean renault was in a lot of video games back in the day oh this was a movie not even this was a oh fuck it was a movie uh yeah no he's in a movie and ll cool j which is a bizarre (laughs) pairing there (laughs) it is bizarre But like there was this, what was, do you remember in triple X with Veen Diesel, the weird sport that they played in that, in that movie? Yeah. Veen. They play a weird sport? I think so. I feel like it may just be roller derby, but like, I feel like there was a weird sport that went on. I remember when they went to the Rammstein concert. It surely it wasn't just that. I feel like there was a sport that they played. I mean, I believe you. Like I just, I do, I just don't remember. I type that in and Google gives me a big exclamation point to remind me my safe search is off. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful. Be careful. Anyway, point being there, I feel like it was just kind of in the water at the time that like, we're going to make a weird, cool new future sport. And this was one of those games. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it is a lot less Mario Kart and a lot more like F zero or something like that. Yeah. Where like the, the speed in it is just sort of blistering. Uh, you are flying through these levels. Yes. And you are going, and sometimes it does not make sense where you are going to end up <laughs> yes, looking yeah. at the track. Like it feels like, oh, I'm going to go off a jump right now, but then you just quickly go 90 degrees <laughs> and you're just, instead of going on the side of the building, you're on top of it now. It's yeah. very disorienting sometimes. Yeah. I I pretty frequently had in it like a challenging time figuring out where the track is going to go <laughs> at yes. any given moment. Yes, quite often. Which is bizarre because like you see, you see almost this thing in like Mario Kart 8 or, or anything like that yeah. where oftentimes you'll have areas where you like go up on the walls of some place. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they signpost it so clearly in Mario Kart of like 
here's the little like barrier that indicates like you're about to go on a weird portion of the level. Yeah. And like your cart changes too when you do the yes, anti-gravity yeah. stuff. And I think just Mario Kart levels are so detailed and intricate. Yeah. It's it's just easier to see. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm upside down in relationship to the world. Yeah. Whereas in this game, like, I don't know which, which way was up most of the time playing <laughs> yes yeah. I, I and it feels like that's intentional like mm-hmm. i think they want you to feel like it's kind of a roller coaster absolutely and like a spectacle to a certain sense i asked tk if he had had like any anything to include about it um but he said i remember this game being an interesting visual showcase for the time uh, i'm mm-hmm. sure nowadays it's a blurry mess because of early ps2 developers loving to put full screen blur over everything which i i'm i'm in agreement that it's uh it's definitely a visual showcase. Like they they are mm. intending for you to not necessarily feel like the best racer in the world, but kind of to take you on a, a roller coaster ride. Yeah. I almost said take you on a ride, which would have required me to play the like Marvel vs. <laughs> Capcom. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, it definitely, I, I think, is trying to evoke feeling out of you, like not panic, but excitement. Whereas I, I feel like Mario Kart a lot of the time is like there is spectacle to it, but I think it's a lot more of a game that is trying to like get you to master the levels. And like it, it definitely pulls punches on you every now and then, especially with the items. But like, I, I think this game is much more like we're just going to put you on this fucking roller coaster. Press X, go. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, it doesn't really tell yeah. you how to play at all. It just relies on your <laughs> gamer instincts of just X's go, figure it out. There's a lot of mechanics in here. <laughs> There's a lot that it does not tell you besides just no. the uh, the loading screen hints. Yes, which go by <laughs> on the PlayStation 5 so fast so, so that I'm like, wait, 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 I need to know that. <laughs> yeah, just like, hold on. Wait, no, stop. I need more loading time, please. Yeah, I had to go like look in the options or the uh, yeah, the uh, the options menu after I played like the first race or two because I was like, I have to see what the controls are for this game. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm pressing a button, it doesn't seem very clear what's what should or shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And it gives you no visual clues of like, oh, I don't just absorb boost. If I drive over the boost, I have to be pressing yes, circle push it. <laughs> while I drive over the boost. And yeah. uh, like I emulated this one. I didn't realize it was mm-hmm. on the PlayStation Plus or whatever it is. I couldn't find anywhere that had any description of the controls. Like <laughs> yeah, one of the options, yeah. there was nothing there for like control scheme. <laughs> oh, so I no. was just I was just guessing the whole time. It was nice when I figured out how to be able to use items. Yes, no, same. Uh, that was that was a big big deal. I didn't know that that's what was going on when I was hitting those crystals. Was that you were like getting items? I thought I was getting boost for a while with the crystals. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, why is my boost filling up? And I was also head. I like I would just frantically hit things, hit buttons when I was in the air trying to do tricks to get boost. Yes. I yeah. had no idea what I was doing. And then every once in a while I would do something crazy <laughs> and then I would fly off the stage doing this trick and my my character would make just the most <laughs> blood curdling scream. I know. <laughs> yeah. The screams are intense, right? Yeah, when you fall off the stage or hit something <laughs> and then I would get no boost. It was a sad time. Yeah, I had a very similar experience of like, I can see that other characters are doing tricks in the air and i presume that i will get boost if i do that it took me a while to like figure out how to do any of that Mm -hmm. i think i i there were probably a lot of things in there that i was not able to to understand because i really just was able to do like a backflip at a certain point yeah and that was kind of my only thing i also saw people doing tricks on the ground which i was like how how are you doing that I had no idea how to do that either. Yeah. I thought they were attacking each other at first. I was like, oh, this is a real (laughs) combat racer. Yeah. But now they're just tricking. 
This may sound like I'm complaining. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I was just very confused about what was going on in the game. Yeah, and I think that's just how games were back then. I think that in the PS2 era is when games started being a little bit more explicit with what buttons to hit and how to do things just because game pads were getting more intricate by that point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whereas before, like, they were still working with the thought process that there's only a limited number of buttons that you're going to be using, but games were evolving and they needed a little bit more, a little bit more uh, instruction. (laughs) Yeah. Information on how to do things at this point. And it's like, it's, I I understand the, the instinct to want to not over explain something to your audience or your, I guess your players, um, because there's so much joy to be found in games from like discovery and having the player figure something out, Mm -hmm. you know? Tunic. Tunic. Yeah, that's a a totally good example. But I think in a game that is competitive like this, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, because you don't have time to just leisurely try things. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, because this game was hard. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I was playing the game and like there would be wild swings in how, in what place I was in at Mm -hmm. any given moment in the video game. Like I would be in 12th and then get to second and then get like fuck up a turn and go back to 10th or something like that. It was was really absurd. Yeah. You were, it was really all over the place. Again, not a bad thing because I think that there's fun to be had in like a high stakes racer like Mm -hmm. that where mistakes matter a lot. But yeah, it definitely felt like, well, this game is moving a lot quicker than, than I maybe anticipated. Yeah. Mistakes matter a lot, but also if you hit things right, you're blasting straight to the front. Yes. Yeah. Which also feels good. Yes, it sure does. It's, it's totally, it's good. It's a bizarre game, man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree. It was, it was an interesting ride. It was going for a very specific sort of middle ground for a eraser mm-hmm. between something like an f-zero and something a little yeah. bit more arcadey i guess combative i guess it's like combat yeah. f-zero yeah no i think that makes sense i wonder if a game like f-zero would do okay these days i feel like mario kart just has that market cornered so well i think there is such a thing as too much speed yes yeah i think it's what it comes down (laughs) to and i think this game was grappling with that because there were a couple of times playing this game where i had to like pause and just look away because my eyes were just hurting (laughs) because i was having so much trouble like tracking what was going on where you are and all of a sudden i was like I was dead and then I was in first and then I was in fifth again. And I just, it was like all in the span of five seconds. It was, it's, it's a, it, the game travels at a shocking pace, a shocking yeah. pace. I wonder if it just comes down to like making you feel like you are moving quickly, but not actually like you have enough time to respond to shit Yeah. versus actually moving you quickly. And it is quite challenging to like react to the video game. Yeah. And that's why I think this is interesting compared to Extreme G3 Mm -hmm. because that game feels like you're going, it feels like the the character is moving very fast, but the game itself doesn't feel like it's moving that fast or jerking you around as much because i think it's just because the the turns are wider and more Mm -hmm. subtle whereas this is more ping-ponging you around quickly (laughs) in these sharp angles sharp sudden angles i will say that like the the differences in how characters control is like pretty drastic sure so like i also was experiencing that i was playing with like one of the characters that had pretty low mass and also pretty low grip Mm. but they were wildly fast and so like i was just like you were saying, ping-ponging around the the level um, and then immediately just went and found like the heaviest character I could and that was like Vigor. a little bit easier. The big, big guy? It wasn't the guy who's like upright or anything like that, but it was one of <laughs> yeah. the, the heavier ones that I had unlocked. Gotcha. 
which it did make it a little bit easier, but their, their, uh, their acceleration and top speed was like quite a bit lower. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I had to be a lot more careful about like making mistakes or anything like that. It was interesting. It's a bizarre video game. Mm -hmm. I think I enjoyed it. It's, it's wild. I enjoyed it as well. It's, it's a thrill ride. Yeah, totally. Also love, love the soundtrack in this game. Yeah. It it had some pretty funky techno beats going on. Oh man. Yeah. Techno pulse. Love it. (laughs) This like era of weird PS2 music just speaks to me on such a, like a spiritual level. Yeah. It's so good. I feel like, especially like racing game music in this era. Yes. Like Ridge Racer as well. It's like it, it approaches the like jungle beat stuff that we've talked about before where it's kind of like trance music, mm-hmm. but it's got such like trippy and hypnotic stuff going on in the background that I just, oh, I eat that up. That vision of the future with this weird fucking house music is so good to me. Like the, the cyberpunky type of music. Yeah. In uh, not the 2023 version of like, wake up, kid. We got to go play a game where I can barely control the car. Um, it's like in a, a much earlier version of cyberpunk mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is, uh, just beeps and boops. It's very fun. Very ridiculous. Boops. I bet it looks really weird in hindsight. Like I, I, I bet looking at like if you if you were born much later after this like trend of games and music came out, mm-hmm. I bet it is really weird to look at like this retro futuristic version of the maybe future that is rooted in like two thousands culture. That, that's so bizarre. Yeah, there was a time around yeah like early two thousands where everybody was make trying to make their music sound like a computer. <laughs> yeah, you know, they were trying to emulate yeah, this like is the, the, uh, the dial up sound. Yes, this is the future. We need future music. <laughs> Beeps and boops and scratches. I, I tend to like this music, but I can see it being like just so weird to listen to for, for anybody else. Mm-hmm. If you have nostalgia for this type of music. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I didn't really enjoy it at the time. Like I, I re- it's really only in like hindsight that I've found an appreciation for it. And I think it's just like getting into jungle and, and drum and bass music in general mm-hmm. has a- allowed me to enjoy that that kind of genre. It's fun. It's fast. It's all thanks to Buck Bumble. It's uh, honestly, yes. Honestly, it is all thanks to Buck Bumble, which is a bizarre thing to say. Thanks, Buck. Thanks, Buck. Hey, do you have anything else to say about this game, David? I do not. No. Cool. Thanks, TK. Thanks for suggesting this. Yeah, thank it was, you. It was a fun little jaunt. Was, yeah, a little jaunt around the track, the future track at 350 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Terminal velocity. Terminal velocity, tearing my body apart slowly. Good afternoon, it's me, your gamer friend Chase, and I've got some information for you. If you want to talk to us on the internet or any such thing, you can go to uh, podtimism.com. That has links to our stuff, our socials, and our email, and all, all kinds of fun fun goodies. You can suggest a game there or check if we have already covered a game there. You can also check out our, our podcast art grid, which now works on Firefox. Uh, got a bug report that I squashed. I'm out here. Out here working on the weekends, man. Look at this guy. This guy codes. This guy codes. 
Uh, if you want to help out the show, there's a couple things you can do. The most straightforward, I should say, is probably reviewing the podcast on some sort of podcatcher of choice, like Appy Podcasts or mm-hmm. Spotify. Uh, Spotify just lets you like give it a, a number review, which is a lot easier than Apple Podcasts, which is like, hello, can I have the last four digits of your credit card and what you plan to name your first dog and uh, what you dreamt about last night? And then they'll let you review it. So yeah, you have to become a certified commenter, and that's a that's a monthly subscription, mm-hmm. five yeah, ninety nine. Costs a little bit, but uh, yeah, you could that would, the, all all of those are greatly appreciated. You could also tell a friend about the show uh, and say, hey, I know you like video games. Maybe you like this podcast. Uh, which I get it. I get it. Sent like saying you're a big podcast head in the year of twenty twenty three is like maybe comes with some baggage. You know, <laughs> most podcasters are like turds, and so. Mm saying you you have one to talk about that's about video games i i, I get the the temptation to say that that's not so good but hey I, I think it's all good in here i'm not putting out too many weird vibes not too many not too many there's there's some <laughs> some escape some wayward every now and then. jokes yeah some wayward blue <laughs> jokes but i don't think anything anything that's gonna uh really tear you apart really ruin your day hmm. so yeah those are some things also two more things one uh scout scout wilkinson thank you for your work on our podcast art absolutely crushing it Every day of the week, 24 7, 365. That's what I was going to say. Whoa. Scout's out here, man. Really doing her best work. Yeah. Hell that's yeah. That's it. Scout. Post truck Thulu soon. Um, we've got some some plans mm. for an episode. Some truck related, tr- truck themed plans. If you want to go there and, and look at it, you can see it on our Ko fi page, which is co fi.com slash humble goat. Um, she, she mentioned, thanks to Chase for cursing me. And then in uh, parentheses says affectionate. So thank you, Scout. Thank you for uh, letting everybody see it. It is, it's, it's great. It's great work. Also, the final thing thank you for listening. We appreciate you being here on this, what, what is for us a Sunday afternoon. Uh, or, or whatever day that you're listening to it. Yeah, you don't have to listen to any podcast, but we, we are flattered and grateful that you've chosen to listen to this one today. It's great. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. David, I'm pretty hungry right now. It's getting closer to dinner time. Yes. And I'm hoping you can make a recommendation for what sort of like middle, middle class chain restaurant I need to go to today. Chase, I think you already told me what you wanted in the episode. Oh, oh my God. I don't know if you even realized it, <laughs> but you said something. This harkens back to your youth i've been leaving a trail of clues you were you were talking you were describing a game and i think you said i'm loving it i did say that i know this may be i mean well mcdonald's is kind of expensive nowadays unfortunately it really fucking is (laughs) especially in seattle god dude the the taxes that they've got on this fucking food man it's crazy so you your body might have already been leaving you subtle hints of what to get (laughs) which might be mcd's yeah yeah, I'm with you. God, I'm just kind of always in the mood for McDonald's. I know. This has been something that has been true of you your whole life. At least your whole yeah. life that I have known you. It's good, man. <laughs> the food is so good. <laughs> there is something about it. God. They just have the right amount of, of salt yeah, and umami. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Is yes. The a lot of salt. <laughs> exactly. Um, they, 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 know what, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. It was really challenging that like, early 2000s kind of mid 2000s era where like almond moms were trying to convince us all that like mcdonald's isn't good 
It's like it doesn't even taste good. Almond moms. Almond moms. You know the ones. Crunchy moms? Uh, the moms who are like, oh, I'm so hungry for dinner. And then they eat an almond and they're like, yeah, that's plenty. Just a raw almond? Yeah. Like, no, man, you're still hungry. I know you're still hungry. You're very much letting the the viewers know that you grew up in Sacramento with your almond reference right there, Chase. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Big blue diamond there. Big almond. (laughs) Big almond, literally. But there was that era where they're like, oh, no, it's not even good. Like, listen. I get that, like, if I eat it every day, it's going to do some, like, long-term harm to me. Uh-huh. But, like, get off my case with it not tasting good, man. Get out of here. I I think that McDonald's upped their game after Super Size Me. I feel like that was a critical <laughs> moment in the yeah. life of their business where they're just like, oh, mm-hmm. we actually have to use good ingredients now because mm-hmm. Morgan Spurlock showed everyone that you will probably die us. if you just eat McDonald's <laughs> every day. So I, I think that now, yes, I would say McDonald's is is tasty. It's a tasty snack. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's better than it used to be. Maybe that's mm. just my perception. Maybe that's just me rationalizing the price increase that it has. Uh, oh my god, dude! <laughs> nowadays, it's so painful. Like I'm not trying to sound like boomer humor here, but it really is pretty wild how expensive I it is. No, all fast food's just gotten crazy expensive. It's like, where do I go for a cheap meal nowadays? The answer is Dicks in Seattle. It is so Dicks. inexpensive. Oh my god, it's, it's so a hamburger good. place, right? It's a hamburger place. Yeah, you get like a, a hamburger for like a dollar twenty-five or something like that. It's so cheap. <laughs> It's so cheap, David. That was the most sexual dollar twenty-five I think I've heard in my life. It's how I felt about it, man. I oh, that's going to be a contender for what I'm about to go get tonight. So it's either McDonald's or Dicks. Yeah, man. <laughs> we we eating good tonight. Are we really eating good tonight? Almond moms, be damned! I'm going to go get a bag of burgers. Almond moms, you are on notice. Chase is yeah. going to mail McDonald's to your house. <laughs> and then you have to smell how good it smells. You have to smell how good does. it smells. And he's already going to have paid for it. And they're going to have already made it and sent it to you. So yeah. now Almond Moms are in a dilemma. Do they eat McDonald's <laughs> and uh, betray their health? Or do they throw it away and betray the planet and add to waste? Checkmate, Almond Moms. Checkmate. It's over for you. <laughs> just just maliciously door dashing people McDonald's throughout the, yeah. the country. DoorDash disrespectful in parentheses. Tell them to deliver it disrespectfully. See what happens. <laughs> Uh-oh. Would be a shame if something delicious was out here. And then they, they run away. And then they just eat it because that's usually what they do, right? Yeah, man. God, I've had some trouble with DoorDash up in Seattle, man. It is a wild, it's a wild west out here. <laughs> that's wild that people do that. Yeah. That's an expensive meal when you DoorDash. It's got to be like at least 20, 25 bucks, if you, even if you're just DoorDashing a couple things from McDonald's. Anyway, I promise we'll get back to gaming wisdom next week. I'll have a really, I'll have a really good one for you. <laughs> we got a month of gaming wisdom cooking right now. Stewing yeah. in the back, fermenting, percolating, <laughs> getting all its flavors and depth going. All this talk of food is just getting it, getting it good, good and ready for your consumption. I get so hungry after we make this podcast and end talking about food. Everything sounds so good. (laughs) I hope everybody listening to this can now go and eat something delicious as well. If you're in the car, I'm sorry. Uh, Maybe go to McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah, maybe go. They got good food there. Nourish your body. It's good for you. Chase is trying to get the arch carts. (laughs) Yeah, for real, man trying to get those arch cards for real for real all right i'll see you next week bye all right see ya